Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Prep to Pivot, where we deep dive into the world of product management with our expert guest, Neharika Sharma. Neharika works as a product manager for Microsoft Teams, helping users manage their time and stay on top of their calendars. Prior to that, she worked as a consultant at SAP and completed her MBA from the Indian School of Business. Outside work, she loves playing badminton, video games and dancing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Neharika. Thank you so much, Richard. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So uh, tell us a little bit more about your professional journey from SAP Consulting through ISB and finally to Microsoft. What I'd like to understand is what was the reason that made you pivot from consulting to product management? Yeah, thank you for that question. So um, as soon as I finished my engineering, uh, I landed up a job as a business analytics consultant in SAP. And uh, it was a very interesting job where uh, she gets to interact with a lot of customers face-to-face and also gets to travel around the world. Uh, But eventually, during that process, I'm not able to see the impact of the suggestions that I'm providing to the customers, right? As a consultant, your job is that you understand their problem statement, you suggest them a few solutions, and then you leave it be. You just do a few follow-ups, right? And uh, being in a product company such as SAP, I decided that, okay, maybe I should try to get my hands dirty with the implementation as well. And I decided to move within the company for something that is more product management related. And uh, that is where I got to work on tools like Web Intelligence, which are different front-end tools of SAP. And I could build solutions on the top of that, right? And I worked for five years over there. And that is where I understood that this is where my happiness with respect to work lies. And that's how I decided that, okay, maybe uh, now I understand the implementation part of it. I have interacted with the customers. I understand the customer part of it. But maybe it's time to understand more deeply the business part of it, right? And that's how I decided to join ISB. I joined in 2020 and passed out in 2021. And uh, as soon as I joined ISB, because I had experience of both consulting and product management, I had quite a lot of clarity that I want to be into product management. And therefore, I applied for Microsoft. And right now, I work as a product management for Microsoft Teams calendar inside Microsoft. All right, that's quite an interesting portfolio of work that uh, that you did. Um, so a lot of our listeners are a little unsure whether to pivot to product management. So to understand a little better about what a product manager actually does, can you walk us through a typical day as a PM to understand a little better about the scope of work that you do? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Anyone who is deciding to be a product manager, I, I'm sure that first thing they should know is what does a product manager do? So I like to answer that to my best extent. Um, normally, um, typical workday for me would be a lot of discussion, a lot of brainstorming, but this is a mid-cycle part of it, right? Uh, because right now, if you have three or four features as a product manager, a few features can be in a very initial cycle of the incubation while a few features might be mid-development and a few features can be already rolled out. So you might be still tracking or doing follow-ups from that, right? But I will try to take you from the cycle of incubation to the end and you can pick up any feature and the whole day is a mix of all three of them, just to let you know, okay? 
So as a part of incubation of the features, the way you can incubate a particular feature can be two ways, right? One, uh, customer already knows that feature from other competition and they, do, they want this feature inside your product. So they're complaining about it or it's a fresh problem for them. Okay, one way is that. So you get the idea from the customer, from the competition, or you thought about a feature on your own, right? And as a part of that, once that, uh, once that pain point is recognized or you have thought about an idea, you need to uh, confirm your hypothesis, right? At different levels of feature development. So the first idea would be for you to come up with a basic spec talk. What will be a what, why, and how? basic what, why, how of that feature, and also five whys, if you can somehow implement that, right, to figure out the exact why for that. And then come up, uh, discuss with your design and research team to go ahead and figure out if your hypothesis is correct, even at the initial level. Is it worth exploring? Is it worth implementing, right? Or even experimenting? Because every capacity comes as a, as a, at a cost, right? Engineering, design, research. So your initial level will be that you'll go to the researchers and you will discuss, I want to uh, check this hypothesis and I want to figure out if customers at all would be uh, interested in this. Am I solving this why, the problem for them at all by this solution, right? Once you have done that, and if, you're, if your research tells you that customers would be excited for this, then you start getting buy-ins from people. You will figure out if you have a big product such as Microsoft Teams, it's, it, it cannot be the case that yours is the only team that's working on it, right? There will be many partners dependencies. So once you figure out those dependencies, you have to go and tell your partners according to the right score, which is reach, impact, confidence, effort, that this can be something that aligns with your company's OKRs, that is your objectives of your company. Right, and this might be worth putting in your capacity for. Once you get the buy-in from them, then eventually you will start getting a buy-in from your engineering team. There can be multiple features that are listed out for a product, right? But on the basis of your rice score and on the basis of the buy-in, your communication skills, you might be able to convince your engineering team, your designers that let's give this priority in the current semester or current quarter, right? And then designers will start creating the designs and engineering will subsequently start developing it, right? And normally in a day of mine, I end up discussing a lot with the designers and the engineers, their questions. I end up answering their questions about the feature because whole of the feature is inside my mind or inside that small doc, right? So they will keep on asking you edge cases. What happens if this error comes? What happens if this scenario comes, right? So you should be ready as a product manager to think through it and answer those questions. Once that happens, then engineering does the development and it moves, starts moving to production. And then you have to work with the marketing team, right? And with marketing team, you work about how will you create awareness about your feature? How will you release those features? How will you announce those features? And after the feature is done, your job is still not done. Then you have to follow up. You have to track numbers. Is your feature being accepted? Is some feedback coming for your feature? Do you have to do round two? Because you know, product management is all about being iterative. So what will be the next iteration? Which feature, do, what, what particular functionality do you improve in the feature in the next cycle, right? And it starts all over again.
So this is just about one feature, but as a product manager, you can have tens of features in different, different stages. And your whole day goes around handling those different, different features all through the day. Right, so that's quite, uh, I would say, a vast spectrum of work that you do. Now, uh, in that spectrum, what I wanted to know is that what do you personally enjoy the most about your work as a PM? Yeah, so uh, the most is, is a bit difficult to answer, but I'll tell you, uh, I love um, uh, the ideation phase a lot. Uh, why? Because... Um, I think uh, to go back to your first question, right? I like uh, product management way more than consulting in my case. And it can be a personal choices because I find this provides me a lot of scope for creativity, right? So the two ways of uh, solving the problems through customers or through my own idea, um, I feel the solutions that I think for both these questions can be multitudinous, right? I can solve a problem in many ways. And product management provides me an option to uh, get answers to those hypotheses that I create, right? And I really like that idea of being able to be creative, have tools with me to be able to create an impact eventually. So right from incubation of the idea, and you see customers using that feature, that's very satisfactory uh, to me as a PM. Right. So when you talked about that, you also talked about the creative way in which you are able to, you know, uh, ideate solutions for your hypo or even to your hypothesis, like get sort of a conclusive proof of your hypothesis rather. But um, when you, when you meant, talked about your work just a minute ago, you also talked about how you interact a lot with different stakeholders because from the ideation which you had to bring it to actual life, you work with a lot of different kinds of teams. So how do you as a person build knowledge to be able to communicate with different members in their own lingo? For example, your design team, your engineering team, your marketing team, et cetera. Yeah, I think that's a very powerful thing to do for a PM. And I try my best uh, to, <laughs> to do as much as I can at my workplace. Uh, so there can be many ways how a product manager can convince or get buy-ins from people, right? And I feel it cannot be just one way. You have to be prepared in different ways. When I say being prepared, I mean both quantitatively and qualitatively right also a lot of imagine the second way of solving the problems where you thought about an idea right a lot of it comes to the intuition because customers can come and tell you that this is their pain point you can go to your partners and say listen customers have been feeling bad about it it's one of their pain points so we need to solve it and they will have okay we have a proof we have verbatims from people right what about a thought that came to you, right? How will you get buy-in for that? So a lot of that is an intuition, but you can't get a buy-in on the basis of intuition, right? So you start collecting data. You have to, so imagine if I have to go and talk to my PM team, right? And I understand that they understand the PM language. If I have to go to my leadership, uh, let's say a product management director or a group PM, and I'll tell them that this is a thought I think exists. Competition provides this. There is the gap between customer requirement, ideal customer behavior, 
and what customer provider is this? We as a company, we as a product have this scope of bridging this. So maybe this solution can work, right? And maybe I will propose experimentation for that feature rather than just telling them to push it to production because I know I don't have enough data to back it yet, right? Whereas for other features for which I have data, I will make sure that I take data with, with me. I will take data with me for the current usage. I will take data for, uh, let's say, uh, competitive products or other players in the market, such as, for example, I work in Microsoft Teams. So I'll take uh, Zoom, I'll take Google Meet. I will also take Outlook because I work in Calendar. So all that I will take to prove my point to my partners, right? When it comes to designers, I'll do the same thing. I will go through different, different products and I will see, let's say I'm in calendar and I'm taking care of scheduling meetings. I will see how scheduling works in Google Meet. I will see how scheduling works in Zoom. And it kind of helps me a little bit uh, because I have uh, been well, I've been using Photoshop and GIMP and Figma for some time. So it helps me to talk in their language the designs, right? Also, because I have been an engineer and I've worked a little bit in tech sector, uh, it helps me to talk to engineers in their language, right? In, in the basis of architecture or performance enhancement, how much would be the load, what kind of network call would be made and all that, right? Uh, just want to let you know, this all can be learned on the job as well. You don't have to have a background on it for sure, right? But this kind of helps me and I try to make the conversation simple for whatever stakeholder I'm discussing it with and try to talk to them in their language so that it becomes easier for them to understand. Right. So um, in the basis of, on the basis of what you said, so you worked with design, you worked with management and you worked with technology and sort of PM is at the intersection of these three. So keeping that in mind, what would you think are the, in your opinion, what are the top three skills that make someone a good product manager? Yeah, I think uh, every product manager can have their own art of product management because it's, I consider this more than a tech space, a creative space, right? Uh, but a few things in my opinion that I feel a product management can keep in mind while carving their own path in product management. The first thing would be uh, understanding who is your customer and what are the pain points of that customer. So that empathy is very important, right? A lot of times product management, product managers do this mistake of thinking that they are the customers. Right. And uh, uh, I start keeping my pain point in mind and I start prioritizing those pain points, thinking that, oh, even I have these problems. So I'm sure customers are also having this problem and whatever it, how much of it, this feature matters to me, same level, it would matter to my customers. Right. And uh, I think it would be good to keep your customers as a different entity and keep them focused in every single stage that I took you through in a previous question, right? What will matter to customers as a design, right? Will it, is it intuitive enough? What will matter to the customers as a part of engineering? Is performance good enough for them? Is experience fast enough for them, right? Is marketing going to make them enough aware 
that what does this feature deliver to them? What problem does it solve? So I feel that's very important for you to understand who your customer is and what are their pain points, right? The second thing I would say is simplify things. Now, when I say simplify things, it can be anything, a problem, right? Uh, if, you can, if you can put your problem in one line, then half of the work is done, right? Your questions, your solutions, no need to come up with complicated solutions because customers will not be able to use it. Everyone, no one has time nowadays. So customer want quick and simple solutions. So a lot of times what product managers do is in order to create a cool product, to keep on making it complicated, right? Whereas you should make sure that you always keep it simple. So that's one suggestion. And the third one I'll say is, uh, again, as I mentioned that I consider this as a more creative space than tech space, uh, stay creative. Try to think of solutions, think uh, the way no one else has thought of, or you can do existing solutions in a better way, right? Keep customer pain point in, in the center of all your solution and think how they would behave. Try to sit in their mind and try to think of creative solutions. So yeah, these are the three things that I'll suggest. Understood. So what you basically said that, you know, we should like step into the shoes of our customer and be have a simple and creative approach when we're trying to ideate the solutions for them. So I think that's a really valuable takeaway for all of our listeners. And now that we've talked a little bit about what product management was about, what your job and scope was, I'd like to ask you that since you did make a pivot into product management, even if it wasn't a very sharp pivot, what would be your advice for MBA students who, are, who want to plan their roadmap to land these product management roles? Yeah, so... Uh... I think other than the subjects that uh, all the uh, current MBA students will be taking up inside their journey, right? Uh, other than that, what I'll suggest them to do is, uh, first, when I talk about, there are two parts of landing a job as a product manager at the end of MBA, right? One is resume and one is your interview, right? Um, as uh, the year would have just started for your listeners, whoever have joined the MBA program, um, I would suggest that they can start looking at the resumes of, of the students who have backed similar job profiles in the companies of their interest and try to see their own resume and try to see what is the gap, okay? And if that gap can be met during your one year or two year of MBA program, right? If it is leadership skill or if they are soft skills, or uh, if something is related to product management, then you can go ahead and take a few case comms up like that. So you can try to complete your resume that way. And with respect to the interview, I'll consider that doing cases is very important. Uh, it can be a user design question or it can be an RCA, but I think uh, enjoying through during the process of that is also very important. So once you will start enjoying the process of solving cases, it will very easily naturally start coming to you as a product manager. And that also shows in the results of your job interviews that you will take up later. But yeah, I think you should take it slow, but also enjoy the process, but start early. That's, that's the thing. Don't start late and take it fast. 
start early take it slow i think that will be very consistent for you as a pms parent at the end of your mba program okay i think that uh, i think that can work as a mantra for a lot of our listeners as well um so the thing is like the first thing that mba students do is focus on the immediate job that they're going to get right out of b school and in the case of the listeners for this particular episode product management is the aspirational job mm-hmm. but it's one thing to get the job but it also takes a lot to succeed and move up the ladder like you have so what would be your tips for incubating an idea or a product and preparing it to bring it to the c suite bring it to life and actually be recognized for the work that you do yeah uh, i think that's a good question so um, there can be multiple aspects to it right uh, as a part of your job interview uh, if you have gone through in many basic rounds at the end there might be a leadership round right at least that is what i had for microsoft where they try to see what extra will you bring to the team right and uh, uh, the interviewer being quite a good judge of it uh, i think that is some extra thing that they are looking for is something that can help you increase your speed of reaching that ladder the next step of the ladder inside your corporate life no matter what job you are doing not just as a product manager any job you are doing right uh so i think bringing that kind of enthusiasm inside the team being a good team player having a good communication uh skills right all this obviously is a very generic thing that any any candidate should bring in inside the company right good culture a good team player bringing good energy inside the team right so i think that's important people definitely recognize that if you decide to be a team player and you also bring people together definitely it will be recognized right but as a product manager one great opportunity for people who will recently like who will j- freshly join the team after mba would be will bringing in fresh pair of eyes to the product so a lot of times people who have been working inside that particular product team they are so acquainted with the features that have been rolled out over the years they get used to it right and and what you can do as a newbie is go and start questioning things right in a polite way of course but start questioning why have we designed this like that are customers using it haven't customers behavior changed from like last two years since we launched this feature competition is doing it this way why are we doing it this way a lot of times product teams crave that new perspective a new pair of fresh eyes right and i think that is how you can make a mark freshly right and then the other part comes in is how much do you, are you ready to take ownership as a newbie right how much are you ready to experiment once you have taken up things how much consistent can you be in execution of that the execution part being whatever i mentioned to you my day looks like right and once your team starts seeing that not just you are good at taking ownership not just you are good at ideation you are also good at taking up execution and also implementing things right and pushing it out to the production and also getting buy in once they see that these basic pillars are done very well by you they will definitely start recognizing your impact as a product manager right so you have to do your job well i'm sure eventually people will start recognizing you that is just like a good side effect to it 
for this to come, I think one prerequisite is you have to start loving your job. You have to like what you're doing. You have to like the product. You have to believe in the product that you're working in. Don't go for the product that pays you more, but you don't believe in. A lot of people do that at the end of MBA. They think company is great. I'm getting a lot of money. I just need a PM job. Sure. If you have multiple PM options, which I'm sure you will right now, because market is quite hot for PM. Choose the product that excites you, even if it pays you a little bit less, right? Yeah. So otherwise, if you love the product, if you're dedicated, if you if you love working, eventually everyone will recognize for sure, no doubt. I think that's a very valuable piece of advice to choose the product that one believes in or loves rather than just focusing on the paycheck that we get at the end of our MBA. Um, because that's going to be what's actually sustainable for us in the long long term as well. Now, uh, you did mention that the market was quite hot for PMs and it is quite the new buzzword on campus as well. But um, while climbing up this ladder, which we just discussed, if unable to do so, a lot of millennials do opt out and choose other exit options. In fact, the hashtag Gen Z millennial survey found that 40% of Gen Zs and 24% of millennials would like to leave their jobs within two years. So as someone from the employment's perspective or an organization's perspective, what are some opportunities that the organization can implement to ensure that the employees do feel rewarded, valued, and that they do not, you know, uh, sort of fall into, you know, um, fall for the great resignation as such? Yeah, so now putting myself in the employer's shoes and me being a product manager, right? So I'm hoping for this question, we are considering product managers, right? So I'll say if you are hired, if I as an employer am hiring the right product managers, I'm assuming that they are quite zealous to implement features that can make lives for the customers easier, right? Now, if I have to consider their job satisfaction, I have to make sure that I provide them that sweet spot between delivering the features soon, but also getting space for the creativity, getting space for that exploration part that actually satiates their hunger as a product manager, right? So I think which uh, the big product companies do quite well, like um, Microsoft, Google, Fang, right? Uh, I believe that they understand that it's very important for giving that kind of a space to product managers to start thinking of the ideas. Um, I think I would make sure that that exists, right? Also, uh, I think which most of the companies nowadays do is, uh, is taking care of, if you have to let people think creatively, you have to provide them that kind of an environment. Right, so there should be places to play. There should be people to just uh, places to discuss things. The uh, the offices should be great. But now in hybrid work mode, I think one thing that I would also take care as an employer is that how do I keep my employees engaged and satisfied from logistics perspective, even though there is a hybrid workspace. So I think that is one challenge that companies are gonna get, and I think that's why also after COVID attrition has increased a lot because there is no connection between team members. They are just sitting behind the screens, right? And now people just go ahead and move to companies 
as soon as they see extra zeros or a few percentages added to their to their compensation right so yeah that's that's one thing i'll take care i think the culture part is main thing people don't that's a great saying people don't switch jobs they switch bosses right so i and i think that kind of culture comes from top down so as a leader if i am in c suite i'll make sure that i provide uh, i make sure that the leadership also reflects those kind of actions right they respect all the people at every level of ladder respect thoughts and you also provide psychological safety for all your employees to be able to express and share ideas that can together take the product ahead in the market yeah absolutely i i think that's really important for both the employees as well as employers to understand the sort of give and take relationship that exists and for the employers to give the freedom to sort of a uh, uh, every employee comes with their own personal goals as well so to be able to give them the space to meet that personal goal as well as meet the organization's objective so i think striking yeah. that balance is is what you uh, talked about that can be done from both perspectives yeah. so um, my final question to you from the knowledge nugget segment would be a sort of general industry agnostic advice that what would be your advice to someone like me who is just starting out their mba and is still exploring different career options uh so depends on uh what kind of what kind of risk risk taking stage or mentality you have right so if you are quite young in your career if you are in your early 20s or just in early side of other side of 20s right so if you're 26 27 i would suggest just experiment don't be scared of hard work don't be scared of having to put in extra hours means i'm not promoting slashing yourself at work i'm suggesting you being able to experiment and being able to put that extra effort into understanding your work because whatever you learn today during this time it's going to get multiplied once you start implementing it in your future right so i will suggest that go ahead and experiment please maintain work life balance a lot of people think that i'm going to work so hard during 20s that i'm going to rest in your 40 in my 40s and in 30s and like that right i think health is something that is like investment right if you don't start investing early it's not going to compound by the time you're retiring right so that's one one thing that i'll cannot emphasize enough please take care of your health both mental and physical don't be scared of hard work don't be scared of experimenting as a product manager or even as a consultant do different kind of jobs work in different kind of industries if you like and networking i think that's that's one of the most important takeaway that you can get through mba uh you will get to know a lot of future ceos inside your mba program maybe you are one of those right stay connected with them maintain acquaint acquaintances right maintain good relationship with people and help people out and eventually you will see it comes back around to you in a beautiful way 
So I think that is a great takeaway from MBA. The people is the biggest thing. That was for me at least as a part of MBA. So these are the three things that I'll suggest. Absolutely. I, I think that we all do hear a lot about the network and, you know, to stay in touch with your peer group as the years go by. But I don't think that a lot of us really consider the fitness part as part of our professional or like our personal goals at during our MBA. And I think that that's something that all of us can definitely work on and incorporate at least a little bit of it into our daily lives, uh, no matter how busy it, it or hectic the program really feels. So uh, thank you yeah. so much for sharing that piece of advice. And with that, we come to the end of the Knowledge Nugget segment. So the way that we usually continue with this is that we have a five network and chill rapid fire questions. So they are a little general in nature. Okay. So if you're ready, let me know and I will start. Okay, I don't know what you consider as ready, but yeah, sure, I'll give my best shot. <laughs> right, okay. So um, first question would be, what is the most important lesson that you've learned over your career? Don't be scared to ask questions. Uh, a lot of times earlier in my career, I used to be the one sitting inside those meetings, just absorbing everything that's being said and have questions and note them down and ask them later. But eventually I think I have learned to ask those questions politely and I think it helps me better to do that. Okay. If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self a piece of advice, what would that be? Yeah, I'll say uh, you don't have to follow what others are doing. I think one thing is about Indian education system is because everyone is being an engineer, you end up being an engineer, right? When I was 18 year old, because you specifically mentioned 18 year old, I went into engineering and I did electrical engineering, right? And uh, I ended up doing what I'm doing right now. So even so everything I did in past has had a domino effect for me to be here. So I don't regret anything, but I'll say that you can carve your own path. You don't have to always follow the road that all the other people are taking. Okay. Uh, the next question would be, what is your favorite productivity hack for work? I make a list every morning. I know it's very cliche. I know it's very simple thing to do. Uh, but I love making a list in the morning and striking things off. Uh, helps me stay organized, uh, helps me switch context, uh, also helps me feel a little bit accomplished at the end of the day if I think that a lot of things have been, have been transferred to done, done to do. Yeah, I, I started simple. Absolutely. I think that's that I, as a person also, I'm governed by my lists. I make lists all the time and I think that's the the best way to stay organized or on top of things as well yeah one thing you have to be careful of uh when you start making list of lists uh, that is when you have to understand that okay we need to stop and sort them through because eventually we do get caught up right but at that time i used my uh, matrix of important urgent mm -hmm. i i'm not sure if you know about it so then yeah. i start sorting my lists out and then start paying attention and getting rid of the ones that are not used, okay. uh, not, not valid anymore. 
but yeah it works for me creating list in the morning right okay so the next question is if you had to write a book on any topic what would you write it about oh it can be it can be a little bit off topic from pm level but if i had to write a book uh, i would write about uh, girl education and women's safety um or even education for children right the kind of opportunities that are provided with and uh, yeah how to increase opportunities that women get in in corporate world or other 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 industries where they can find jobs yeah something around that absolutely and my final question is what is a question that you wish i had asked you in today's podcast and what would you have answered it ah well i you could have asked me how much fun i had in my mba one year <laughs> because i can keep on talking about it and it takes me back to my great memories of of my one year of mba at indian school of business but uh one thing that i can say because now we are talking about it is that uh the the one year or two year for whoever your listeners are they are taking two year program passes by really really soon enjoy every single day uh mba does this amazing thing of teaching you set priorities right so either you give away sleep or parties or assignment right uh enjoy to the core because you're going to miss it and as you can hear in my elated voice i love talking about it so therefore i hope you could have asked about it but yeah this is the core about it just just enjoy your one year it's not going to come back unfortunately so yeah worth it okay thank you thank you so much for the candid conversation and with that we come to the end of our podcast for this week and i'd just like to say thank you so much neharika for taking the time out for uh, you know sharing your insights and i'm sure that our listeners will have a lot to take away from what we discussed yeah likewise i think it was a great conversation thank you so much for having such a engaging questions richard i really thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and it excites me that uh, you are going to reach people uh, through your podcast and i'm happy that it's going to help people in whichever way it can so thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do this